I want you to turn to the book of Revelations. Everybody say, ooh. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good kid's book to get to. <laughs> Revelations is where we're going to be today. Let me remind you about a couple of things we have going on. This is very important. I want you to hear this. Next week on the 8th, we will be kicking off 21 days of devotion. This is something we do every year, the beginning of the year. We take 21 days and we set it aside for consecration and devotion to the Lord. And uh, uh, we read scriptures together. We read Bible together. Uh, we fast something. So that means there's something we don't do. We, uh, there are people that fast uh, a certain type of food or a certain drink or a certain activity. Um, there will be many folks that will be going for 21 days and they will be doing some type of, of, of just a juice fast. And so I'll encourage you to begin praying about what God wants you to do. And we'll be talking more about that next week. 21 days of devotion. Also, if you want to host a gathering, that's our small group ministry here at the Hills. If you want to host a gathering, we want you to let us know. Go out to the uh, information bar after church. Let them know. And all it takes for you to host a gathering is you've got to like being with people. That's right. You don't have to be a teacher. You don't have to have a beautiful home. You can take what you do right now. We have a running gathering, and that just took people that were running and wanted to get together, and they run, and then they share uh, some, some time together and talking about the Lord. So if you want to host a gathering, you want to go minister to the homeless, well, there's a perfect start a gathering that does that right there, okay? You, you got it? So take something you're passionate about, something you want to do, and you can host a gathering. Look at your neighbor and say, it's just that easy. All right. Revelations 21, and I'm going to go really fast today. Revelations 21 and verse number 5. Look at this. The Bible says this. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Now, the context of this passage is John the Revelator, who wasn't known as John the Revelator at this point. He's just John. But he has a revelation. He has been placed on this island, secluded by himself. And in the midst of this, he's in the spirit one day. He's praying. And all of a sudden, he begins to receive these revelations of things that had happened, were happening, and were going to happen. That's what's happening to him. He's having a, a revelation. So you can read the book of Revelations, and instead of being scared about it, you can read it and see what God's going to do with his church. And so this is what happens. And close to the end of the book, the Bible says, He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. As we approach a new year, we always look back and we look at the past year and we look at the tragedies and we look at the triumphs. How many of you this week watched something on television where they, they showed all the, the bad stuff that went on this year or the people that we lost this year or, or even the good stuff that that went on, the trends that were happening. We, we always look back and we look at the past year and we, we talk about it. And for, I would say, the general consensus for most of America is that people are just ready for 2016 to be over. 
Come on, can I just hear an amen from some of y'all, all right? Just ready for it to be done. However, there are some, and some of you that I talked in the lobby today, that said 2016 was a great year for me. It was just a great year. You felt blessed. You felt like God elevated you. But here's what happens at the end of the year. When you look back, you say, okay, this was bad. This was good. There was some good. There was some bad. But either way, every single one of us are believing for a better year. Amen? Even if you were blessed, how many of you are believing for an even better year? No? Just y'all go hang good where you are. Come on, how many believe in for a better year, a more blessed year? <laughs> but something I've found, and I'm 47 years old. Some of you are older than me. There are some of you that are younger than me. But I can tell you this, that I found something out, and that is every year we start off the same way. It's going to be a better year. I'm going to be a better me. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, that ain't going to happen to me anymore, right? How many have already started with your list right now? You ready? Now let me ask you this question. How many resolutions did you break last year? You ain't got to list them, okay? How many goals did you set January 1st, 2016 that you did not reach? How many? Don't have to list them, but let's think about it. And not just, uh, not just a year. What about a day? How many of you made a promise on a day and didn't even make it to the end of the day? Forget the year. Why? Because that's who we are. That's the kind of people that we are. And, and even for those of you that are, are, you're diligent, you're disciplined, you can make things happen, and you hit all of your goals. Let's just say that you wrote down resolutions and you nailed every single one of them. If so, I want you to stand and we want to meet you out in the lobby and we want to, we're, going to, we're going to be speaking next week, all right? But let's just say that you did. You hit every goal. You hit every mark. I mean, it was a perfect banter year. It was amazing. Let me tell you something. You cannot control other people. Because you can be hitting everything just right, but other people can just go cray-cray. How many of you have been coasting along doing great stuff and all of a sudden somebody does something that impacts, affects, disappoints you? Raise your hand and nudge the person beside you if it's them. No, don't do that. Don't do that. You can't control others. Hey, we can be doing it right, but we can't control life. Life has its way of doing what it does. And this year has taught us that we can be doing everything we want to do, but we can't control death. Death takes who it wants. And this year, it just went on a hunting spree. It just went after everybody, I think. Just, it was what happened. We cannot control that. And so here's what I want to say to you today. And the kids listening, parents listening, grandparents listening. A new year and a new season does not make new things. I'm going to say it again. And I'm going to say it a little different way. A new year and a new season does not make things new. And that's why it's a cycle of disappointment. You get about July and you realize, oh my goodness, I only got half a year now to do the things that I needed to do. 
And so I want to say to you today, and this is what I got for you. And if you're wanting something deeper and something stronger, then you may have to go somewhere else. This is what I got for you today. And I hope it helps you today. I hope it helps you next week. And I hope it helps you through 2017. There is only one that can make things new. And he's the one sitting on the throne. He is the only one. So I want to encourage you as a church... If, if the Hills is your church and, and Chris and I are your pastors, I want you to listen to us today. If we're not your pastors, just pretend today that we are, okay? Today, I want to encourage you, start right there. Don't start with a list of resolutions and goals. Don't start with the, the things that you want to see accomplished and the stuff. Start right there with the one on the throne. Instead of us putting our faith In four numbers, 2017, let's put our faith in the right name. Instead of saying this year is going to be great because this year is going to be awesome and things are going to be good and look into 2017 is the one. This is going to be it. This is going to be the year. I want us instead of doing that, I want us to put our faith in the one that is on the throne. Look at your neighbor and just say his name right now. Come on, some of y'all, come on, say his name. Come on, say, say his name. Say, Jesus. Look at this. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, a new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. What if we just started right there? How many of you want to see change in your life? Raise your hand. I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm, I'm, I'm looking. You want to see change in your life. And some of you are desperate for it. I know. As I talked to you on the phone this week, you're desperate for it. If you don't have it, you don't know how you're going to make it through another year. You're desperate for it. Let me just, let me help you out today. Instead of setting up the appointments and getting the, talking to the right people and reading the right stuff, that may be the path that God has for you. It may be that that's how God wants you to walk through your healing. But I would say the very first thing that you need to do is start with Him. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Start right there. What if we started asking Him to change us before we ask Him to change our situation? What if you started asking Him to change you before you started asking Him to change your spouse? Or your coworker, or your neighbor, or your pastor. Come on now. What if you started right here, right now, saying, I want to start right here, me. Let the new start with you. Right here. Well, that's good. I didn't mean to say it that way. Write that one down. Tweet that one, right? Let the new start with you. Here. And I know, I know what happens with all of us. We compare ourselves with other people. And we look at the disciplined ones and we look at the ones that, that are going to the gym and they're on a budget and they've got the great marriage and they're driving the car and they seem to be sane, you know. <laughs> forget, forget everything, just sane, just making it happen. And we compare ourselves and we think about them. I wish I was more like that. I wish I could, I could. What if we just started with our focus being, I want to get as much into Christ as I can. Not those that have Christ in them. Those that are in Christ. 
What does that mean? That means you're diving in. You're immersing yourself in him. You're in his word. You've got worship music. You're, you're, you're thinking about him. You're, you're wanting more. You can't get enough of him. This insatiable desire for more of him. And here's the great thing about having an insatiable desire for God is you'll never run out. He just keeps going on and on and on. Come on, let the Hills kids say amen. Oh, come on, Hills kids. Y'all can amen louder than that. Come on, the count of three. Give me a good amen. One, two, three. That's right, babies. Y'all know how to do it. Let it start with us. Let me give you a couple things. Number one is it's actually probably number four, but I just started numbering them in my mind. So here's the thing about being in him and newness happening. He doesn't just change us. He makes us new. And there's a big difference in that in just changing you and making you new. Jesus doesn't do super glue very well, okay? He doesn't do cosmetic stuff. He wants to take it down to the bare walls. He wants to take it all the way down till he is your foundation. So when you begin to say, I want to I be in you and I want to see change happen in my life, just get ready for him to start doing something new inside of you. It's going to be fresh. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Next, he doesn't just make us new. The old is gone. How many of you have ever started a new habit but you held on to an old one at the same time? Right? I'm going to start working out, but I'm going to eat me a pizza every other night. <laughs> you can't have a faithful relationship and still be doing the things you did before. You can't get out of debt and keep spending the way you were spending. You can't live a life of abundance and still have a get-by mentality. You just can't do it. Before the new can come, and we all want the new, right? Oh, bring on the new. But before the new can come, the old has got to go away. A dear friend of mine, dear friend of ours, Pastor Phil Muncy, uh, posted something this past week. And I, told, I started running through the house with my phone. Like, Kristen, Kristen's not on Instagram right now. So I have to show her stuff. Hey, baby, look at this right here. Look at what they did. I went running through the house. I'm like, this is unbelievable. She's like, what is it? What is it? And I shared the revelation. I think it was more of a revelation for me. But I'd never really thought about the scripture. And I was, I'd already had this in my notes. He said, I am the beginning and the end. I've never really thought about Jesus Christ being the end. Because we think about him being the beginning. You know, he starts new things. Everything's fresh and great. But Jesus Christ doesn't just start stuff. He's also really good at ending things. And I'm going to tell you right now. If you want to have a fresh start in your life, get some new endings in your life. Have some things just come to a close. I'm looking at you, some of you right now, that you're wanting more in your life, but you're still involved in a toxic relationship. You need to make some hard choices. Listen to your pastor today. You need to make some hard choices. You're wanting to see freedom happen in your life, but you're still, uh, you're still dealing with some addictions and some vices and some weaknesses in your life. There needs to be a time that you say no more. 
And you don't try to stop it with your own willpower. You invite Jesus into that situation and you say, I don't need the beginning today. I need the ending to show up in my life. I need you to tell some, yeah, come on. Amen. There is a reason on the cross that he didn't say, it has begun. He said, it is finished. Done. Death. (laughs) You don't have any power anymore. Hell, you have no power anymore. Satan, you have no power anymore. It is finished. So look at your neighbor and say, don't start with new until you can end the old. Come on, I feel like the Lord is saying, some of, the, some of y'all are going to have some stuff that just stops now. This ends now. This ends now. Those of you that battle with depression, come on. Those of you that battle with whatever, loneliness, what is it for you? I don't know. I can start naming stuff off, but you know where you are. I think it's time for you to stand up and invite Jesus into that situation and say, I'm going to need you to help me put an end to this thing right now. No more. No more. He doesn't just make us new. Did you notice what the one on the throne says? He said, I'm making everything new. Everything. Not just the stuff that you think you're bad at. Everything. Not just the stuff that you think you can control. Everything. That means those difficult people. That means that one mistake that you would give anything to take back. That's the power of redemption. That's the power of the gospel. He takes those things that seem impossible and he turns them around. Everything new. He doesn't just want to start with your heart in there. He wants to work on your mind. He wants to work on your body. He wants to work on your relationships. He wants to work on your finances. He wants to just have this thing until finally at the end of the day, it's a new you and you're walking in more abundant life than you ever thought possible. That all starts with him. I want you to uh, turn, or it'll be on the screens, Luke chapter 22. Before we read that though, I want to set this up. This is a a special night. And it's a night where Jesus gathers his disciples together. And it's Passover time. And they were used to celebrating Passover. And it had been celebrated for a certain way for years and years and years and years. Matter of fact, listen to this. Nothing had changed for thousands of years. How life had been done. This is the way everything had been done a certain way. And Jesus gathers the disciples together, and he went through the customs. And if you read what he did there, it was all the customs that were used in the Passover. It's what they did. They, they drank the cups, and they broke the bread, and they, they said certain things and did certain things. But this day was different. Look at this. He took some bread, and he gave thanks to God for it. And then he broke it in pieces And he gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. And after supper, he took another cup of wine and he said this. This cup is the new covenant between God and his people. 
an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. Everybody look at me. So you got these little Jewish boys, these Jewish men that had grown up doing life a certain way. And they knew Passover time, how you did it. They could recite the customs. They knew how to do it. But all of a sudden, when supper is ended, Jesus lifts up that cup again. And he says, hey, guys, things are about to change. In this cup is a new covenant between God and people. Can you imagine what the disciples must have thought? Like, Whoa, wait a minute. Just like that, everything changed. Thousands and thousands of years doing the same stuff over and over and over. And all it took was one night, Jesus saying, the way we did it ain't how we're going to do it anymore. When you drink this cup, things are going to change. The difference a day makes. Just one day. One day. Sin and judgment ruled. But after he says it is finished, then the disciples understood what he was talking about with that cup. Today, I'm believing right here today, when we receive communion together in just a moment, I want you to, instead of putting your faith in a year, instead of putting your faith in a plan or a book or a person, or instead of putting your faith in a cup, that you would put your faith in the one that's on the throne. This cup symbolizes the new covenant between God and man. I want the band to come join me today. We're going to spend a little time here at the end and in some more worship. But I'd like for you just to take that cup that's there with you. You should have received one when you came in. If you didn't, our ushers are ready right now. Just raise your hand and they'll bring you one. Look beside you. There may be one close by, okay? Ushers are coming now, bringing some. Hostess. Kids, look at me. Hey, Hills kids, look at me. I'm so proud of y'all. Y'all have been so good today. I I may want y'all to come back next Sunday and help me out with the... No, we won't do that. All right, y'all get to... I'm going to tell you one of my favorite things is seeing kids out in the lobby disappointed that we were not having Hills kids today. Do you know how blessed that is? Come on. You You ought to just bring a Christmas card next week just for our teachers, right? Just for that. What if today, what if today is that day of change for you? Well, you don't know how long I've been dealing with this. A thousand years? Thousands of years? Well, it's just the time my mom and my daddy did it. Well, if you want to limit Jesus' blood to that, then that's fine. I've tried. I've tried to break the cycle. But what faith, where have you put your faith, really? You know when it comes down to it, everything with God is about trust or distrust. Every bit of it. Either you trust the gospel or you don't. It's that simple. I know we don't want it to be that simple. (laughs) But it really is. It's just that simple. Do you trust the gospel? Do you trust that Jesus took care of it all? 
and all it takes is for us to put our faith completely in Him and to immerse ourselves in Him. And remember, it's not about just believing on Him. And it's not just about believing in Him. To really have change, you've got to get into Him. I mean, immerse yourself. Kristen used to talk about it being the a Holy Spirit bubble just inside of Him. Immerse. Well, I don't, I don't know how to do that. Start with this right here. Just start with this. This Bible. If you don't, don't have a Bible, we've got, a, we've got a free one for you right back there. Get the app. The Bible app. Get the Bible app. Whatever translation you want. And it'll read it for you. I would encourage you this year to start today with the one-year Bible. If you've never done that before, you read the Bible through in a year. You read a, a little bit of Old Testament, some New Testament, and some Psalms, and every day you're getting that word in you. Start there. Start right there. And then what I encourage our boys to do, and I'm encouraging you to do, is change your playlist up a little bit. Put some worship music in there. And when you're in the car, I'm going to tell you right now, when I'm having a bad day, I don't turn on country music. I like it. I don't turn on pop. I don't turn on NPR. When I'm having a day where I need him, when I'm grabbing me some worship, I'm putting it in there, and I'm driving on the road, and suddenly everything starts changing in my life. It starts changing in that moment right there. Just get in him. Just get into him. What if today's the day for you? For some of you, you've never asked Jesus into your life. We're going to give you a chance to do that in a minute. Today, man, what a better day to become a Christian. What a better day than to accept Jesus on the first day of a new year. For some of you, you may have been a believer, but when I talk about being inside of him, that, that part, you don't really know about that. What if today's the day you start that? Some endings today. Endings today. And some brand new beginnings. Before we receive this, the Bible says that when you receive communion, that you're supposed to examine your heart. There's unforgiveness in your life. This is the time to address it. But that doesn't mean you say, well, I'm going to do better. That doesn't mean you pick up the phone and start asking somebody to forgive you. It means this. You place your trust in the one that shed the blood. In the one that's body was broken. In this moment. And you ask for the gospel to be real right here where you are. So just bow your